Nefesh Achaim in holding in Parak Chavkimel. He was talking about what a person loses out when they're not learning Torah as they're meant to do. So we spoke last time in the Zayar about the lack of Shechina that it brings to the world. And now Nefesh Achaim goes on to tell us another point as well. We're holding in Parak Chavkimel so Sharadadad. And he says, The Shmira al the protection that is meant to be for Lon Bitar, leaves him. Now he's known to the forces of punishment which, by not learning Torah, he's strengthened against himself. That now the forces of Din, the forces of punishment, can have an effect on him. Like we saw beforehand, that the Gemara says in Brachos, that when a person doesn't enter, so then he gets uh, Yisurim, uh, forced to punish, he gets punished. In the Mishnah, Armory of Tervia, Karamarapa, Atsim, Deber Torah, and Yachalam, Everybody who Anybody who weakens himself from Deber Torah isn't able to stand up in a day of Torah, in a day of distress. Shalemar brings a Pasuk, Hisrapisa, which means if, since you've weakened yourself in a day of distress, so your strength has left you. And the same thing that Gemara says, whoever guards the Torah, his soul is guarded. If a person doesn't guard the Torah. And similarly, the Midrash doesn't tell him, Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Yisrael, Im Shemaita Satayra, Aniyash Maraischa. If you guard the Torah, I'll guard you. So that's one point we see. That to be guarded needs a connection to Torah. And he brought three different Gemaras to prove that. The first one, if you weakened yourself uh, from Torah, so then on a day of distress, you'll be, you'll, your strength will be too weak. And the other two are promises from Hashem that he'll guard those who keep guard the Torah. Now he brings another Gemara, and he says, V'chidu Mimer in the Midrash Bereshis, and that is Bizman Shakol Kol Yaakov, about the Knesses of Atom Midrashas, and Yudai Esav Shelters. There's a balance. And when there's a Kol Yaakov, then there isn't the possibility of Yudai Esav. And when there's a lack of Kol Yaakov, there's less voices of Jews learning Torah, then Chasvashan Yudai Esav Shelters. Then there's a certain strength given to the hands of Esav. And then he brings the third proof from a Midrash Rabbi Vayikra. It says, the sword and the sefer came down to each other. Held from Harsinai. That together with the Torah, said the was a sword. Where is the point of that? Amr HaKadosh Baruch You'll be going to guard what's written in the sefer, the midst of the Torah, and you'll be protected, you'll be guarded from the sword. Those are the three proofs he brings. After that he brings... Uh, it's another a few quotes of Chazal. He brings from the Psichta of Eicha Rabba. It says, When is a Malchus able to make decrees and decrees are successful? When Israel, so to speak, abandoned the Torah. And it explains it the Pasuk in Daniel. The Pasuk says, and he explains the Pasuk like this. But Tzava is the Ein Sarei So it's the armies of the foreign nations. 
to Nasim Rimel, they've been given permission when Bepasha. When Anatomid and Kalayashel Bepasha is because of a Pesha, a sin. And what's the sin we're talking about? Bepesha Shel Torah. That the sin is a lack of Torah. That calls man she is from Ashlichin Divrei Torah Laaretz. Every time the Jewish people throw down the Torah, abandon it, so then the, it enables the Malchus, the foreign authority, to have ability over us. Like the Bible says, Atashlech Emat Arasa. When Emes the Torah, the Emes which gets thrown down is the Torah, and therefore the Navi says, the Midrash says, the Mishlach, the Divrei Torah, the Aretz, Miyad Yitzlicha Malchus. If you're going to abandon the Torah, that's what's going to make the Malchus, which means the Goyim successful. Hashem was willing to forego the various Chamuras of Gilead of Elizar and Sheikh Islam, but not the fact that they left the Torah. What, what caused the land to get destroyed? Those terrible sins that there were, isn't the reason why Hashem points to as the reason why Kalashal got destroyed, but rather by Yom Rashem al Azul Mr. Rasi. They abandoned the Torah and they abandoned the Torah. That means that they weren't learning Torah and that's what caused the Khurban. And they're going back to the time that he always says, Based on the same idea, you see how terrible that there is a bit of Torah that's what caused the Khurban uh, because there was a there was a pressure, there was a lack in learning Torah. And that Anchuma says that Kashem she ashes for fish without the water, Kav she actually saw Dikhas and Akim is asking for the Vitor. And therefore, the fish partially saw the Vitor when Kaish will need the Torah, the Fika Hassan Ibale. Because the Khanat Samoyed says it's Pasha, it says by Amalek that what happened in Rufidim, why Rufidim is a place where they were weakened in Torah learning. And therefore, Khanat Samoyed says, and Sunny Bar El Al Yadin Rufidim died in the Torah. What causes the Sunny to come? Is that weakness in Torah? So we've seen a number of different quotes from different places in Chazal. The idea that when, the, when there's a lack of Torah learning, so then we aren't protected as much as before. But if you look closely, there's three different kinds of proofs being brought. The one is a proof that the one is a proof that the, the nations of the world can't have an effect on us. So whether it's going to be the fact that the Xerahs won't be Miskayim, or the Yaday Asaph won't have power over us, or the fact that the Shalayim wouldn't have gotten destroyed, that's all talking about the threat of the non-Jews, the threat of foreign of enemies. And we're saying the enemies don't have the ability to do anything to us when we're learning Torah, and when we don't learn Torah, that's what gives the enemies the ability to rule over us, to, have, to so to speak, to have a, an ability to dominate us. That's a specific, uh, that's a specific uh, kayak that there is in Torah to protect from enemies. But then he brings another quote. And that quote is that he says, Begame Torah. There's a day of destruction, there's a day of punishment. And on the day of punishment, so then you get left below. Now, that's not talking about enemies necessarily. A day of punishment doesn't have to be because the non-Jews are threatening us. A day of punishment could also be because there's any other natural disaster, there's sickness, whatever other the cause of the punishment might be. So this is a different kind of threat which there is to people. And here we are, here you find a different language. That your, your strength is weakened in the Yem Torah. 
And then we find the third uh, example of when you need Shemir. And then he talks about the sword coming down from Harsinai together with the Torah. Now, if we're talking about the fact that the Torah protects us from the God, and if we're not letting the Torah in the Chasm we're at the mercy of the God, we don't need a new sword to come down from Harsinai. The Goyim were already armed. Maybe a shield would come down from Harsinai to show that, that when we're learning Torah, we, we shield it. But the fact that when we're not learning Torah, there's a sword that attacks us, that sword's already here in this world. Why do there need to be a new sword which comes down from Harsinai, so to speak, with the Torah? It wasn't meant to show us. It wasn't meant to teach us. So let's explain the ideas one by one. The first, maybe the simplest idea, and that is the concept that he brings from the, the whenever the call of Yaakov is learning Torah, so that prevents the day Asa from being shaded. That prevents Asa from uh, from having power. Or like we saw from the other quote that he brought from Chazal, that when Klaishal learning Torah, the decrees of the Malchus are successful. It's only when Klaishal are not learning Torah, then the Xeris can take effect. So the idea here is really best explained in the Midrash on this week's parasha, Parashat on the Pasuk, Amalek came. And the Midrash says like this. The Midrash says a marshal to a little boy who was being held on his father's shoulders. And everything the boy wanted, as far as his father, his father gave it to him. And then, when the, the boy, having taken everything that he needed, he sees somebody he knows, and he asks the person, tell me, have you seen my father anywhere? And the father says, what do you mean, have you seen my father? I've been holding you the whole time. I've been giving you everything you wanted. He says, if that's the way you think, as you don't know if I'm here or not, then Chayecha, I will teach you a lesson. And he throws the boy off his shoulders, he falls into the ground, and now he's on the ground, the dog comes and bites him. And that's what Chazal bring the sequence of events in Barashas B'Shalach. The Jewish people had been carried figuratively on Hashem's shoulders. But quite literally, they had been protected by the Atlanta Yaakov. And they had been given the water and the mud. And they've been taken to the Yamsuf and given all the wealth of Mitzrayim. And now they come to Rafidim and they say, Hayesh Hashem Is Hashem here or not? So what they doubt that Hashem is there and Hashem is looking after him. And Hashem says, Is that the way you think? I'm going to throw you down. And the dog will come back to you. That's what it says. Like he was the dog who came to, so to speak, attack the Jewish people. And the understanding is that the dog can only come when the child's on the floor. If a child's being held on his father's shoulders, the dog won't reach him. And that's the same idea that we're talking about um, when there's a schus of Talmud Torah that protects us from the God. They don't have the ability to reach us because we're protected by Hashem. And it's only when there's a lack of Torah learning, so then the God has the ability to, uh, to, so to speak, to connect, to reach us, to affect us and unfortunately to attack us. That's not when we've been thrown down from that exalted position of being on our father's shoulders. That's the first explanation. That is that the protection of Torah is a protection because we normally held in a place where the going can't get us. Just like in the midway. When there were Anani covered, and Anani covered uh, prevented uh, the arrows of the Egyptians penetrating and uh, so we were shielded from any danger. So similarly, a person is learning Torah properly, they shield it. They shield it from the hands of Esau, they shield it from the Zeres of Esau. The problem wouldn't have happened either. As we explained previously, that the reason why, so to speak, the lack of Torah learning is to blame for the fact that the problem came, 
is not because that the not learning Torah caused the Khurban. The Gemara tells us that it caused the Khurban. But on the other hand, had the Jewish people been learning properly, then there would have been a Shmir of the Torah. So yes, they would have been, uh, would have been uh, deserving of punishment for the areas that they did, but that would have been in the form of the individual getting punished in Gehenna or wherever it would be. But the idea of the Israel being destroyed means there wasn't that protection that we were meant to have. And what do we blame the lack of protection on? Not just Averis. Averis can cause the, so to speak, can make us deserve punishment, but if we, if we would have been protected, the punishment wouldn't have happened. So what are you going to attribute the punishment to? We're going to attribute the punishment to that the Shmirah, the Klai was meant to have, wasn't there. And the Shmirah comes from Talmud Torah. And if there wasn't Talmud Torah, then we are missing that necessary protection. And that's why it could happen that the non-Jews could penetrate our lines. They could get to the Basilides. They could destroy its destruction. Not what the Chait was, that we deserve the punishment, but what caused that the world got destroyed. And we weren't protected, that's because there wasn't enough Torah in spoke about it in the Pasha also the same idea that when Yeshua was in Yerichon just before the battle he goes out at night and he sees a Malach and he's not sure whose side the Malach is on he asks the Malach are you on our side or our enemy's side and the Malach says now I came and we ask what does it, what does it mean how does that answer the question and the Gemara explains it that the Malach came with a complaint and the Malach said, yesterday you didn't bring the Tanish of Ayn Arba. You didn't bring the daily carbon you made today. Today you didn't let her. Now, now you're guilty of, of Beetle Tarot. And Yeshua said, what crime did you come? And he says, that's all bossy. I came in what you did now. So, the crime of Tamil Tarot causes the Malach to come. Or what was the Malach coming for? And the answer is, the Malach, like Rashi says, was a Sarat of Hashem, he was the Malach Michal. Is the Malach who's meant to be the Malach who's there to defend Klai Israel. And the Malach comes to Yeshua and Yeshua is not sure if he's coming as a friend or an enemy because he comes with a sword outstretched toward Klai Israel, not away from them as if he was protecting them. And the Malach says, really I'm meant to be the one protecting you. But if you're not learning Torah, then you're losing that protection. And if that's the case, the Malach who's meant to be on your side to help you is really going to turn against you. So I've come now, the Malach says to Yeshua, to reveal myself, to warn you that if there isn't enough territory learning, you can't expect protection. You're going to war, you need that protection. That's the first point. And that is a protection that is meant to be from learning Torah, and a protection when there isn't, when there's a lack of learning Torah, is a protection from enemies, it's a protection from God. Now we come to the second point. And the second point is, or it's brought beforehand. If you've gotten weak, then in the day of Tzara, your strength has been diminished. What's the protection which is necessary there? So this is a, a principle which we've set up many times, but it's worth repeating because it's a very central idea. It's understanding reward and punishment. And that is that the the great Meshkiyach of used to explain how the din process works and he said that you know the, the Nusach of the Tefillah Rosh Hashanah 
is that the countries are judged. By the Medinas, the country has decided which country will be at peace and which at war, which will have plenty and which will be poor. And after that, after the country has been judged, so then each individual has decided what happened to him. Why do we need a double judgment? Why do we need to judge the country if every individual is being judged at a personal level too? And what he said was that the way the judgment process works is that first Hashem decides the name of the country. That's the first point. Is it a country which deserves to be rewarded? Is it a country which deserves to be punished? Now, against that communal collective decision, now Hashem judges each individual. Is this individual somebody who should be punished or be rewarded? But it's very important, the backdrop of what's the deal of the country. Because if the country was determined to be a country which is going to be at peace, a country which is going to have plenty, so that becomes the starting position. And if each individual now is going to be judged in that country, what's going to happen to him? So the question is going to be, should he be treated like what's normal for the country? So in that case, should he be um, given life and plenty too? Or is he bad enough that he's put in a different category and he should be punished? Whereas if a person is in a country where the country was judged as a place of poverty, or the country was judged to be a place of war, so the starting position is people suffer. And then the question on the individual is going to be, does he deserve the fate of everybody else, or is he different that he deserves to be saved? And that makes a very big difference. Because if you're talking against the backdrop of people who are going to survive, and the question is, does a person deserve to be punished? Then we're talking about a person who's more than average, so to speak, bad. That even though everybody else was decreed to live, they're going to deserve to die. And if you're talking about a place of punishment, then there will be survivors. There are people who walked out alive in the death camps. But it's a place of punishment. And then in order to survive, a person needs extra, extra, extra special schosses. And therefore, there's a big difference between if the judgment on a person is going to be, do you deserve to be punished? To the judgment on a person, do you deserve to be saved? Because uh, the Chtali Gomer will deserve to be saved, will always be saved. And the Rosh will deserve to be punished, will always be punished. There's a big category of people who might fall into the one bracket and not the other one. And that principle of Rechazka doesn't just apply to places, it applies to times as well. The times of punishment. And when there's a time of punishment, then a person needs many more schosim to survive. Now I understand the possible. The Hishrapisa, if you got weak when you were meant to be learning Torah, then then the day of punishment, the day of Torah, so now you don't have the strength necessary to serve yourself. So it could be times when it's not a Yem Torah. It could be times which are things run normally, so the person doesn't deserve to be punished. But if it's going to be a question of does the person deserve to be saved, if he doesn't have the schus of the Torah to protect him, he doesn't deserve to be saved. And that's why Dafka and the Yem Tzara is falling short of the koyach he needs in order to survive. That's the second, the second level. And that brings us to the third level. The third level where the Chazal tell us that by learning Torah we protect it from a sword. Which sword? 
from the sword which came down in Hasinai. And he asked the question, why, why do we need a new sword? If we've been protected from the game, so then they already have their sword. Where is the sword of Hasinai? So let's explain. Really it's a Chazal. Chazal tell us that when the Jewish people said Naisiv and Nishma, so by doing that, they got to a tremendous level that they deserved to be, to be brought back to the level of admiration before his son. They deserved that now they would merit the life admiration was offered and didn't take up. And therefore all the sick recovered and all the people who had a disability were healed. And it was also an exile that the Jewish people would no longer die. The power of the Malach and Mavis was taken away from them. In the words of the Pasuk, and the Almighty and Himatem of Nay Elion Kulchem. You all have power, similar to Hashem. Nay Elion, like Malachim. And both of these factors is that there wouldn't have been the ability to be harmed by the Yetzirah, by the Satan. That should have been the case. Had the Jewish people maintained their loyalty to Hashem and to the Torah, that would have been the case. But what happened was, unfortunately, as we know, the Jewish people fell, they sinned by the Ekel Azov. And when that happened, so then they fell, they plummeted from the level they were before. Like the Pasuk says, Like Adam Arishan, who fell from Hitler Dragon, with how very he did. And the result was he was, he was Determined to, it was determined he was going to die. Some of the Jewish people. That even though they were in a much higher Madraga, but the effect of the Avera was that now they were going to be returned to being under the jurisdiction of the Malach Amavis. That's the sword we're talking about. The sword which came with the terror was at the stage when the Jewish people got the terror, the Malach Amavis had lost his sword. Of the Jewish people said Nasib and Nishma, and they deserve to be re- restored to the level of admiration where the Malach Amavis has no hold on them. So then the sword isn't by him anymore. But the Shemesis warns us that sword is given to you with a terror. But if you want to guard that sword, but it doesn't get given back to the Malach Amavis, then it's up to you to guard the terror too. It's up to you to guard the terror too. And if you guard the terror, then you're going to be guarded from that sword. And if you don't guard the Tarek Hasbashalim, then that sword is going to give back to the Malach Amavis. And now it's not a question of the sword of the Goyim, or the Yem Tzara, which we have to be protected from. Over here is the question of the Malach Amavis. There was the potential that by, learning, by keeping the Torah, the Malach Amavis would not have had a hold of us. We lost that. But the second point, which there still can be, and that is even though collectively, we're not on that level. That was what you were shown by the thought of Hasinai. And that is that if you're not going to deserve it, then you're going to get attacked by that sword. So even though we lost that level and the Malachim was going back his sword, we know from the Gemara that in some form it's still true. The Torah is magna or the Torah saves the person, that when the Torah is learning it, 
So then the Malach HaMavis can't affect the person while he's learning Torah. Umar told the story of David HaMelech that he knew that he was meant to die on the Shabbos and he spent every Shabbos learning from the beginning of Shabbos until the end. That's why the Malach HaMavis wouldn't have power over him. And when the Malach HaMavis wanted to kill David, he couldn't. Until he managed to distract David with a noise outside, whatever the case was. And when David lost his concentration on what he was learning, the Malach was able to take him. Let me see another element. If the Shemir of the Torah, to some extent, is still there. And as much as the person is learning Torah, so that while they're learning Torah, there's still their protection. There's still their protection from the Malach Mavis as well. There's a similar story about Rav Chista. He was learning, and the Malach Mavis couldn't take his neshama because of that. And in order to be able to do that, the Malach Mavis had to convince him to go outside. And he tripped on the stairs, and as he fell, it distracted him from what he was thinking about in Torah. And then the Malach was able to take him. So it's true, no one's going to successfully avoid the Malach Mavis forever like that. But nevertheless, while the person's learning, that's when he has an ability, that's when he has a kayak. And then the Malach is naturally to over him. Because the same principle we saw before. And that is, the Torah gives a person shmir, the Torah gives a person protection. And when he's being protected, he can't be harmed. Whether it's physically being harmed, whether it's spiritually being harmed, whether even it's being under the, so to speak, connect, the, the, the authority, the domination of the Malach Amavis, which all people were subject to, the Torah protects the person. And while doing Torah, he's safe from that. So then we see what the Nevesh wants to explain, that the concept is that the protection that the Torah gives us is only there when we're learning the Torah. And if Chassid Shalom, we need the Torah, we're no longer learning the Torah, then we lose that protection too. And now we, we're no longer being protected from the Goyim, we're no longer being saved from the Middle Sadeh, and we're no longer protected from the Malach Amavis. Those are the different levels of Shemir that the Torah provides. And when we don't have that, then we lose that Shemir. Now this works on two levels. This works on a national level, this works on, a, on an individual level. Like we saw previously, that the world is judged as a whole, a country is judged as a whole. And the people are judged as, as individuals. So yes, on one's individual level, so then there's a question of, as an individual, they deserve to be saved, and that's totally on their personal limiter. But there's also the level of Klai Yisra. And if that's the case, if there's going to be a din on the rabbin, they deserve to be saved. So that's going to depend on the the communal schus. And that's how we know when Moshe sent Jewish soldiers to battle against Midian, he made two divisions from each shevet. Elif Lamata and Elif Lamata. A thousand to fight, a thousand to sit and learn. Because he knew that collectively Klai Yisrael needs merit in order to be victorious in battle, in order to be protected. And in order to do that, so he had to assign that as many people in Torah as there are that are going to fight. And when that happens, so that Shemir is there. Like the generals come back from the campaign against Midian, full of they're very impressed. Why? Because they tell Moshe Benu, we did a head count of the soldiers that we took to Midian, not a single soldier died. Now, even in a battle where one country is victorious, it's impossible that there are not going to be any casualties. Such is the nature of war. 
But a time when my army marches to battle, and every single soldier marches home again unscathed, that's that's in the realm of a nest. And they deserve the nest because they had the merits. They had the Talmud Torah of the Aleph and the Matzah left behind, in whose merit they were fighting. That applies to us too. If we're talking about the collective merits of Klai Yisrael, they might be Averis. They might be those people who've done wrong. Just like in the time of the first place of Megdash. They might be Averizar, Gidarais, and Shaykh Islamic. But if it's enough Torah, so then the people who did wrong will get punished as individuals. The Torah of Klai Yisrael will protect Klai Yisrael as a unit. The Qurban only came because collectively Klai Yisrael didn't have enough of a schus of Talmud Torah. And therefore, it's true. The Sadiqim may not be able to prevent the Rishayim doing Averis. But that just means the Rishayim are going to get punished. What the Sadiqim can do is that they can provide the schus for Klai Yisrael. So that that way Klai Yisrael doesn't get punished. That way collectively we have enough schus and we're not all going to suffer because of the Averis of those people who have done the wrong thing. Had there been enough Torah, then Yishalayim wouldn't have been destroyed. And Yishalayim wouldn't have fallen. Because then there would have been a protection which those Yechidim are providing which would have protected everybody. That's why the Gemara calls the people who are learning Torah at night the watchmen on the gates. The Prophet says, On your walls Yishalayim are placed guards. We're not going to keep quiet. For day and at night they don't keep quiet. They're always active gods. And the Gemara says, those are the land of Torah. They're the ones who are guarding Yerushalayim. Because it's the collective schus of the Torah, which saves Klai Yisrael altogether. And it is that constant lame of Torah. So then, with the Kol Yaakov, which is unabated, prevents the, the Esau, the hands of, hands of enemies, from having any hold over us. It's like we've been held up, up in the air by our father, and we were far away from the teeth of the vicious dogs.